Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Blitz, the ambassador, and you're going to find out why Blitz goes by that name, but you're going to want to, whatever you do, even if you check out of this interview early, but I bet you won't. This is what this is one of the most engaging interviews I've, I've done in a long time, and you're going to love what Blitz has to say pretty much about everything. And this is a film that you're going to definitely want to see, even if you come back to the interview later, uh, and by the way, forward it on to others too. Um, but The Burial of Kojo is a film that will be available on Netflix in the very near future, and uh, uh, check it out. It's it's gorgeous. It's uh, stunning cinematography, and it is a film, again, once again, a great film, right? It's about so many things. It's not about any one thing, but it's about a family, and it's about what Blitz um, would, would call a uh, truthful moments, and we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about that, uh, you know, film versus literature, and, and, and Blitz is very committed to telling an African story in a, in a very African way. You're going to want to check this film out. It's about genetic memory, and we get into paradox and guilt, and, and what about your grandmother, and what, what kind of an impact did she have on you, and how you tell stories? And, you know, I, I, I say to Blitz at one point that if he, he's thinking about doing a, a course in filmmaking and storytelling, I'm going to be one of his first students. You, you're, going to, you're going to love this film. It's, um, yeah, it gets, we get into international development. We, we, we talk about uh, magic, and realism. And, and again, The Burial of Kojo, uh, it's a beautiful film. It's coming out on Netflix in the very near future. Check it out. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and my writing. And uh, if you want to get behind face to face and support us financially, you can do that through patreon.com. Search for us there. If you can't do that, totally get it. Uh, would love for you to, to leave us uh, a review 
on iTunes, Spotify, something along those lines. Your digital commentary would be would be welcome. And if you want to advertise on Face to Face, reach out to us. You can do that here too. We've got a great following. We have a committed following. We have over a million uh, listens. We are on Twitter and have a great uh, presence there as well. So we can help you uh, do what you do better in a very specific way. And um, yeah, rabble.ca for more podcasts, more blogs, more uh, you know news for the rest of us. Check it out. There's there's a whole lot there going on, way more going on than meets the eye. Coming right up, Blitz the Ambassador talking about a whole lot of things in, in, in his beautiful and stunning new film, The Burial of Kojo. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here today. I'm with um, Blitz the Ambassador here, who is calling in uh, on Skype from Egypt at the Luxor Film Festival. Blitz, thank you so much time uh, for your time today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. So we're we're here to talk about your new film, The Burial of Kojo, and uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about a whole host of other things as well. But before we go any further, can you tell me a little bit about your name, Blitz the Ambassador? What's what's going on there, Blitz? <laughs> so I mean, I mean, the Blitz part was was you know came about from you know uh, um, my early beginnings as an MC as a rapper. And um, the style in which, you know, I had or I rapped in um, was fast. You know, I, I, it was that double time rap style. And I always used to get that, uh, man, you know, it, it sounds like you're blitzing the track, you know. <laughs> right. and, and and that just kind of, you know, that stuck. And, and I went by blitz for a while. And then over, over time, you know, as my personal understanding of, you know, my role as an artist kind of evolved. Um, the ambassador part became necessary in understanding that I am, um, um, as, as I originally come from Ghana, and um, having an opportunity to um, give people around the world uh, a sense of what it means to be a young African uh, moving around the world and also a young Ghanaian. Kind of it became, you know, that's kind of where the ambassador part came from. And it's been my uh, MC name for probably over a decade now. Uh, so you're from Ghana originally. Uh, you you also have a New York City address, I believe. So you're, you, you are, and, and would you call yourself an eclectic artist? Is that a fair um I hate I don't I don't really like putting labels on people but you you seem to work in a lot of different genres. Yeah, uh you know, I, for me it began as a visual artist, you know. Right. I always start there because you know, that visual art is kind of ha- has been my core medium mm. and everything I've done has had strong a strong visual narrative even when I made music. It it was very sh- visual in in the way that I, I put music together and in my music videos and the sonic elements themselves mm. um and and um you know moving from that um and then in, into the into the music space and then into the film space it's all bec- been for me one journey I, I don't separate um the, the medium at all I, i've always looked at all medium as as a a path and, right. a, con- and a, conti- think, a, con- a, con- a continuum of sorts. Exactly, it yeah. is a continuum, and 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 it just depends on what muscle you are using at that time, you know. And um, but but they, they all come from the same source, and in fact, they all inform each other pretty pretty frequently. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I can't make music without um, thinking visually. I can't make a film without thinking rhythmically, and and those things kind of end up 
um, have, have been a, a huge advantage for me in terms of developing all all these these um, mediums. I love how you say they're all connected in their own way. They all come from the same source. There's something very beautiful about that, and I think that's clearly a theme uh, in the film, The Burial of Kojo 2, for sure. By the, by the way, just before I ask you a little bit about the music, uh, congratulations on the film. It's it's a beautiful, thoughtful, and engaging piece. It's it's gorgeous to look at, and congrats to your cinematographer. Uh, uh, was that Michael, Michael Fernandez, right? I mean, just you, know, you, yes. guys, you guys clearly make a killer team. Thank you very much. And yes, Michael, Michael and I, um, it's funny, we're, we're both um, musicians, specifically hip hop artists. And so and so it's very interesting. I met him on, on the hip hop circuit and we always talked about doing something visual. And um, it, it so happened that the burial of Kojo presented itself. But we were very concerned outside of just making a film. You know, um, we were very concerned about um, what African cinematic language language is and should be and and how it relates to how we know storytelling fortunately you know he's he's also from a similar background although he's of mexican descent um he comes from a similar storytelling um uh, lineage um and so the way he understood the burial of kojo as a story was very similar to mine um and so that, that was a lot of what we were discussing and it wasn't and i i do appreciate the compliment of 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 the images of the film and how um, how beautiful beautifully they were laid out, but for me um, and Mike, our core conversation was about truthful moments. That's mm. all we kept reminding ourselves is you know it doesn't matter how good it looks if it's not truthful, and that was always our beginning and that was always our end. And it so happened that we were very fortunate. We shot in a beautiful place. We had a beautiful narrative that was tender and 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 thoughtful. But overall, um, it was about capturing beautiful, truthful moments. So, so let's come back to that in a second. I, I really love that phrase, truthful moments. I think that's, uh, is that going to be a book that maybe you're going to write one day? Uh, we can, we, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got the title of your autobiography there, Blitz. Um, there you go. Um I love that in film. I love that in music. I love the idea of creating a truthful moment in a conversation. I think that's what I've tried to do with, you know, this podcast with Face to Face, and that is have real, true, authentic conversations with people about their films, about their stories, about their books, and, and, and try to, I don't know, connect the dots, I guess. And, and, and hopefully others will listen in and they'll resonate in some way, shape, or form. Hey, you said, you said just a few minutes ago that when you made music, does that mean you're no longer making music or are you now sort of a filmmaker going forward? That's, that's the future for you. Or, or again, is this just all part of the, part of the continuum? No, I, and I mean it mo- mainly from making music exclusively because there was a time in which I was fully focused on, on, on just music and, and that was great. But I, but I think that I, I can never stop being a musician. I mean, even making the barrel of Kojo, the score was very integral to making the film and composing the score was just as important. And so music as a, as a medium, uh, I don't, I don't think I'll ever let that go, but it, there was a time that that was primarily my medium and, um, it, it no longer is. So you talk about truthful moments. Let's get back to that. I love that. I think if I, I was going to call the, 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 our, our talk, today our conversation today that's what i'd label it i'd say this is a truthful moment here <laughs> or a series of them connected together um let's look at a couple scenes in the film i mean it's it really is stunning and the colors 
uh, are, are, as I said, they're just lush and, and really vivid and stark and in your face and, and part of the storytelling as well. But, you know, you, you, you called yourself a visual artist first and foremost. Did you and Mike uh, talk about that and say, this is, this is a character in the story, this is a way to tell this story in a particular way? I, I think of the opening, the establishing shot with the, the Volkswagen and the baby blue and the water. I think of the two brothers fighting with the red gorgeous red uh, background uh, and there's there's others too that that come to mind but yeah we're just just wondering a little bit about some of those choices so so visually we were we were very well we knew that one this story would have to be told um through a series of very stark visual images um those that will will arrest the audience um also the the thing that was important for us was knowing kind of how African films have been most, I shouldn't say all, because that won't be fair, uh, but, I, but I think most African films have been kind of made from a bit of a voyeuristic perspective, right. where, 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 you know, it appears the DP is almost trying not to get as close to characters as possible, um, and or um, when it's when it's color corrected, it's extremely desaturated and almost sepia tone looking. And that became kind of the, 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 the palette of African filmmaking for a while. And if, and if you look at a lot of um, successful African or, or films that claim to be African from Hotel Rwanda all the way on down, they have a an earth tony approach to, to hmm. how it how, how, how it's how it's made and one thing Mike and I were very uh, critical about was to veer away from that our first question is what does it feel like to be really on the continent and that's the real beginning hmm. and, and 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 if you if you know and when Mike landed one of the first things I did was I took him to the market and we have a, a grand market in Ghana called the Makola market Makola is, is is the centerpiece if you if you if you can survive going through Makola and 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 being in enjoying and being in, in communion with the people there then you'll have absolutely no no problem photographing them uh, it is it is it is a densely populated market it is active it, it comes at you and 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 Michael and Michael loves every minute of being in the market and that's when I knew I'd found my DP because because um, I, I, you know I, being African and knowing the relationship the continent of Africa has to cinema um, it, it has almost always been a a, a, a uh, told from a third party perspective right. you know, there's very 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 few African films that are produced directed by written by Africans who are from the continent who've lived there who breathe it know it right and so and so for us the other question was how do you create a a, a, a specific language that relates directly to the source and it, and all of that begun for us with remembering how how, how we know storytelling to be. And for me, I always say that it begins with my grandmother's stories because her stories were just like the burial of Koja. They were visual, they were magical, they were allegorical, um, they were folk tales, they were, they were everything, that, they were vivid, even though they weren't visual, right? And, and, and that's all we were attempting to do with the burial of Kojo is, is, is kind of think uh, about what? Okay, well, if my grandmother had a camera, what kind of film will she make? Right. Uh, that's and, and, that's and, that's a and, gr yeah. What a great what a great lens uh, to see to see your film uh, through, or, or a great starting point. 
and then and that was it, you know, and, and, so, and so we we knew immediately what to leave out because I'll, I'll immediately mm. know that my grandmother will completely never be interested in that kind of character. She'll never, that character will never appear in her story, you know, and, and so and so those things became the core. And I, and I feel like every people who have who have self-actualized on this planet or uh, to a certain degree um, count very, very much on that folk um, 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 narrative, that narrative of themselves that goes much deeper than the modern world, right? And and if you watch Japanese cinema, it's very clear how the short choices are informed by traditional Japanese culture, same as 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 French New Wave, same as American cinema. Everything has a root to kind of the way story is understood or the way narrative is understood. So for us, the burial of Koji was an opportunity for us to to assert what African storytelling is, which means not everything will fit into our neat three act structure. We will have to invent and reinvent and 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 be as 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 fluid with the camera and be as as experimental with our framing and 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 flip frames when we need to because sometimes the world is 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 upside down in the worlds of my grandmother's mm. stories right and, and and it reflected how characters felt and so that level of freedom i think was super critical to arrive at a film like the barrel of kojo so good tell me uh Wonderful. Tell me, tell me more about the African versus the third party perspective. When you say third party, are you essentially meaning sort of uh, white Western European kind of approach? I mean, that's that's a pretty big paintbrush, I suppose. We're, we're, but but is that sort of the, the because I've I've read a couple of, in, uh, of of reviews of the film and and people have a uh, few 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 others, few critics have talked about this African diversity in film and how it was kind of lost and how people like yourself are helping us, uh, uh, you know, uh, helping you to sort of reclaim that ground. Is that, is that a fair way to say it, Blitz? Well, that's, that's, that's about right, you know, and, 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 and you don't have to kind of look too far to, 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 to see the truth in that. I mean, first of all, filmmaking is such an exper- uh, an expensive medium, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that expense, you know, just has you know created a barrier to entry that was unsurmountable for most African filmmakers. So then most films were then funded um, by either grant money from Europe or, right. or Hollywood blockbusters, you know, would use Africa as a backdrop for their narratives. Right. So so most of what we know about Africa in cinema has not been. An autonomous voice. That's just the reality of it. And and like I said, you know, the financial barrier is probably one of the, the biggest. But also there's a cultural barrier that we also have to discuss. Because, you know, cinema, unlike other medium, right? And 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 I'm I'm a filmmaker, I'm a writer, I'm a I'm a I'm a musician, I'm a visual artist. And so I I've I've had the privilege of experimenting through multiple medium. And I know that cinema, unlike music, unlike literature um, um, and unlike fine art has an opportunity that is quite unique in terms of medium. So it is is one of the, the, the closest you get to walking in a character's shoes. Now now literature has similar attributes except except you know you have to be literate you know to 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 engage in that medium and we know that um uh, literacy isn't 
isn't um, equally uh, distributed around the world, right? So, so we know that barriers to entry, though, they are great. However, we can all project a film, irrespective of language, irrespective of uh, not even having sound. We can completely understand what a character is going through based on that visual style of, of, of narrative, right? And so, and so, and so, you know, um, it, it is it is a very humanizing medium. It's the kind of medium that, if allowed to be democratic, you know, multiple views of a people start to emerge, right? Multiple niches of 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 character start to emerge, and and I feel like so much of the world, you know, and and it, and it's it's been, you know, and we talk we talk about a context that's much larger than cinema. Um, most of the world has been very adverse to an African voice, irrespective of medium and media, and 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 we can have long debates about the why, but whatever the whys are, that's been the situation. And so, and so the level of policing of African storytelling has been insane. And I think that the, the amount of, a lot of it has to do with, um, God forbid, you know, Africans are humanized, then it's much harder to exploit. Um, it's much, it's much, then you have to sympathize. And I always say this, I mean, listen, before I went to America or before I went to France, you know, I only experienced uh, these places through cinema, um, really, and 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 characters, multiple characters, humanized these 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 places, and 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 gave level and 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 complexity to the people. So then you grow an empathy for the people, right? So if anything happens in France, I, I may not have never been there, but just based on what I'd seen in image and how I'd locked into story by say watching a film like Amelie, right? You you you, you there's there's a there's an immediate uh, um, empathy that grows within you, right? And and that's what cinema has the power to do. So then it's no wonder when something happens on the continent of Africa, there's so little sympathy globally because the the, the, the necessity of humanizing and and, and the, the, the need for that to happen hasn't quite hit us yet. And so and so that's kind of how I've, I've seen our entire trajectory. And I've, I found it quite interesting that a film like The Burial of Kojo is for the first time uh, bringing a, a completely multi-layered um, um, experience of what it means to be, you know, African, uh, growing up in the 20th, 21st century, um, whether it's through the magical realist lens or whether it's through the political cultural lens, um, with little things like having a telenovela playing concurrently, you know, those things all form a humanizing experience. And hopefully the world starts to realize how much they've missed, um, in terms of cinema and, and, and in terms of experience in the people by watching the barrel of culture. Yeah. It's so good, man. I mean, I love your line about uh, policing the African story and heaven forbid that we, we actually humanize these men and women and, and children. Uh, and believe me, you do, and you do it beautifully. And, 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 and I, I felt like I was a part of this family's uh, story, a part of their lives in a very particular way. And I, I think that's a, that's a real challenge for a filmmaker to draw people in, to draw a viewer in in that way. So, so uh, what, I, what I love to hear, Blitz, about our conversation Conversation. We barely talked about the film, and and I think uh, we're still going strong. And I think people are definitely going to be interested in seeing it, just based on the level of of of, of dialogue and and um and and some of the subjects that we're that we're uh, we're, we're touching on. Hey. 
you know, like any great film, your film is about a whole lot of things. It's certainly about a story and there's the surface and then there's the metaphor and we've got the water and the crows and we've got the the, uh, the, the visuals and, and, and the cinematography. We've got the performances, which are stellar, by the way. Everybody's performances is so great uh, in the film. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Kojic who says water can cleanse the past and we hear this pretty early on in the film. Can, can you talk a little bit about that 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 symbol that metaphor that seems to be very much almost a character in the film but but yet um maybe didn't apply in Kodra's particular case if that makes any sense at all yeah yes of course yeah and, um, without giving without giving away too much of, of course of course now now the story you know was you know obviously it's about two brothers you know with a jagged past you know and that that was kind of where it began you know for me it was like you know, and and then and then and then guilt became mm. the centerpiece of 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 the film. And and Mike and I's conversation was always how do we, how do we um, char- characterize guilt? Like what does guilt feel like? You know, um, 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 guilt guilt is guilt is like a wave. You know, it, it doesn't it it's it's constantly. It's constantly there. It's constantly. It has its ebbs, its flows. It's it's it's. And and if you don't do anything about it, it drowns you, right? And 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 in a way, um, you know, the same thing that can cleanse you can drown you. That that was kind of our our consistent metaphor through the film. And whether it was it was it was it was the 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 the, the micro narrative about about. Uh, his brother almost drowning him, whether it was about, you know, all these little things was just consistent with water because that's how we felt guilt should be represented throughout the film. And, 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 and it also, again, goes back to um, this, this, this metaphor and and the richness of African uh, storytelling, in my opinion, is unmatched. Obviously it's probably one of the oldest in, 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 in human history. And so you can imagine the layering that, that, you know, I don't even think a cinematic world has the ability to, 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 to bring forth some of the layers that, that have been in African folklore for, for centuries. Uh, but for us, it, that was our great attempt. Our great attempt was, you know, how do we use metaphor? How do we use um, symbolism um, to represent the afterlife, to represent the present life? Every, everything had to have dual and, and sometimes three layers of, of one thing. And if you notice, the film really is told in, in three parallels, right? It's told from, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the daughter who's much older now, who's written about the story and is kind of narrating it. It's told from, from the, the story that we know it to be. It's told from the telenovela that's playing concurrently um, of those two brothers. And, and, and that's kind of how a lot of the stories I remember as a kid were. Right. And first of all, there were marathon stories, stories. They were very, you know, they were nocturnal. Right. So we had to sit outside and and some of them were scary because at the time, you know, I think the neighborhood we lived in had a lot of power outage. And so so you have to sit. It was was the only entertainment you had was your grandmother's stories. And that magic um, was that was we just wanted to capture a little bit of that but of course the water is it was was something that was always in my grandmother's stories and and it's multi-purpose and and the fact that it cleansed and the fact that it's it's turbulent and the fact that it can drown and the fact that it's necessary for life all these things were critical and so you know in making this first film for me 
it was like, how do you how do you process all this stuff that's, you know, some of it I, I even term genetic memory. You know, it's it's not even it's not even perhaps what I remember as a child, because though I, I was leaning very hard on on my personal memories in making this film. Like a lot of the perspective of the little girl is my vantage point when I was a kid, like listening to adults talk, like when she shows up at the police station and it's just her vantage point with her mother, trying to get a, a sense of where things are. That was how I remember myself as a child, just never really being able to pit, uh, put the story together like it, it's it's all this adult chatter and you're trying to kind of make sense um you, you you get sent to buy something you come back the story has moved further you're trying to figure out where you remember it from right and so that was a lot of the perspective that we were working from but then there's also the other side which i termed genetic memory and 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 was something that mike and i spoke about a lot which was how about the things that we don't even remember, but it's deep inside of us, right? Well, the you're experiences all, you, that, you know, you know what, Bliss. Sorry to interrupt you, but I couldn't help it. As I've been, as you've been talking, I've been thinking about the 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 the, the trauma like related angle to not only to Kojo's story, but his experience. You know, the funeral and the wedding on the same day, and and as you're talking about this genetic memory, what are what are all those things that 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 you're not even thinking about, never mind actually addressing head on, that are having an impact on who you are and how you live and how you parent and how you love and all these things. I mean, and that's, that's the amazing thing, you know, as, as, a, as a creative, right? You, you have the, the power to kind of summon all these very uh, little uh, things and little parts of you that um, perhaps may not have um, the same, um, the same, you know, um, um, same relevance in terms of in, in the physical realm, but, but, but they, they're still at play. And, and Koji was a, is a great example of what happens when your guilt kind of, you know, is, is, it just kind of takes a hold of you, but, but even much deeper, but much, much before him comes a whole set of things that kind of are, 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 uh, he has to wrestle through, and 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 so we 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 dealt with a lot of that in the film. But but you know, making the film was also our personal uh, journey, right, mm. into our own understandings of 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 our, what we deem to be the afterlife, what we deem to be a creative way, and and how to 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 demonstrate that. You know, we also had to count deeply on our what do we remember, and what do the sure. the things inside of us remember, you know, in order to you know. Like, how do we know that light? What, how do we know where to put the camera? Let's start right, there. Right, you know, right. like th 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 those things aren't those things aren't learned. They're not. Um, they're not. They're not. They're not analytical. They're all That's emotional. Right. And those e those emotional choices often come from your um, your subconscious. And and that was something that was at play very very much in making the film. Just to, I, I love the I love the existential paradox of the water too, how it can give life and how it can take it away. And I mean, isn't that kind of what the burial of Kojo is kind of all about? Is this existential world we live in, this life we live, we're all becoming something else. We're we're trying to stay present with our families, with our wives, with our husbands, with our partners and our, our children, and so on, in the work what we do. And yet, we're affected by our past in in one way or another, and 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 how it's all connected. You know, I mean, I kind Kind of almost, you know, maybe the theme for our, our conversation today too is this idea of connection and continuity and continuum and and commiseration. Maybe isn't that what you and I are kind of doing now through conversation? But 
but but that's kind of what you laid out in the burial of Kojo as well. This is this is a complicated thing. This you know life and and it's complicated for all of us. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the film is it's a real humanizer uh, uh, on on so many levels because. I, can, I, 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 I relate to the pain, I think. I relate to the trauma. I relate to the, um, hmm, can I almost say the PTSD almost that Kojo is is kind of experiencing? Indeed, indeed. And that was the whole idea of, of what happens when, you know, that trauma isn't dealt with properly. Right. Right. Because right. because because obviously his daughter is a victim in this as well. Right. And but but it's obvious when we get to the end and we finally find out, you know, what's happening. Um, we we realize that she's had a much better, much uh, healthier way of processing right. that pain. Right? You know what? Of, what a what a beautiful voice she has, too. I mean, the the narration is just so lovely and so compelling. Thank you, thank you, and, and we, we we were lucky to have a veteran Ghanaian actress Amaki Abrabrese voice um, uh, voice those parts, and 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 for us it was important that we we showed we showed a again back to the word continuum, right? So so I didn't want the story to end in 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 that time, right? I wanted right. people to see what happens when that pain, because again we we're dealing with a film that could all be imagined. For 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 all we know, right? Uh, it it could be as simple as 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 the little girl discovering uh, her, her father dead, and right. and and all of and all of it being, you know, the crow and the uncle and everything becoming her way of coping with with that entire trauma, right? And and it's and it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting because, again, I think back as a kid, and I, I think back of. You know all the things that you know the the uh, you know the things that I I went through as a kid and and how you know sometimes I remember it much differently than it was mm-hmm. and I think we all have these experiences right. and it's, yes. and it's when it's when people tell you what it is and, and and you almost can't believe that it was that simple right but 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 you 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 know because of 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 our nature as human beings. I mean, we, we have this ability and, and this, this cognitive ability to create worlds that are beyond us in ways of understanding the worlds that are in front of us. And so the Braille of Kojo is dealing with a lot of that inner turmoil, but also a lot of the imag- imagined turmoil, right? That, that would also kind of try to give, uh, give an understanding to the, uh, to the clear and present turmoil. Um, I just, I have to, sadly, we're, we're, we're coming, coming to the end of, uh, the, t- the time we have together today. And you know what? I, I actually really hope, and I often say this, uh, Blitz, but I hope we can do a part two. I just, I've so enjoyed our conversation today. And, and again, um, folks, you got to get out and see this film. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, where people can see it in the very near future. I love the line, by the way. I always try to pick out a few favorite lines in the film, but, and I can't remember exactly who said it, but, uh, uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, international development and, and, and other countries' involvement in Africa. But the line was, these white people aren't smart at all. I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just had to get that in there, eh, Blitz? No, it's 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 hilarious because because you know it's a it's it's almost a colloquialism, right? <laughs> right. Because 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 of how much um how much uh scams are mm. run on on un, un, unknowing and, and sometimes almost 
um, too smart for their own good foreigners, right? Um, who, who come and assume that they're dealing with, with, with a group of uneducated right. or, right. you know, and, 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 and actually think they have that upper hand. And, and the funny thing is that story that is narrated before that line actually happened. Mm, you know, these it. guys came, bought, bought a bunch of gold that was just gold, rocks painted as gold and thought they had, they had scammed the locals. Yet the locals had scammed them, you know, and it's 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 very interesting. But but over overall, I think I think some of that is is all it's all about being true. And we were talking about truthful moments, right? That's that for me was was important. And it was it wasn't just the 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 the, the commentary about about Europeans and Americans on the continent. It's the commentary about the Chinese on the continent. It's it's and 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 almost um um you know our our Countries are no longer sovereign, just in terms of, oh, oh probably never were sovereign in terms of resource um, pillage, which right. has kind of gone on from uh, post-colonization to where we are now. And and some of this film was also critical of that. But I but I was I made up my mind a long time ago that you know you you, you have to know what fits in the foreground and what fits in mm. the background. Right. Nice. Um, and 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 you know any serious people again know to center themselves. And I and I wasn't I wasn't concerned much. And if you notice, even as it relates to the Chinese, they were more spoken about than seen in the film. That's right. They, they yeah. were they were more. It was more of a, of 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 a, of a of a narration about them, right? Because because I never wanted to center the film around a, a problem that wasn't. Uh, within our, the family that we cared about, you know, I, but 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 I also would be remiss if I made a film as as layered as the burial of Kojo and didn't tackle some of our international relationships that that also show kind of what weak institutions do to the continent mm, mm. and 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 but but that was commentary. I, at no point in the film did I give that more uh, more weight than it deserved because I think at the end of the day, people watch the film because. They want to know what this family is going through. They want to know if the little girl will survive and, and if she will succeed. And, and those are the things that I, I was very uh, concerned about. And, and, and I, I hope we achieved in, in centering the family. Well, you know, you had me right from the get-go. I mean, I think it was partially the stark image, the opening, the water, the the car, et cetera, the narration. It was, I was just, I was in. And I'm I'm trusting and hoping uh, yet that all your audiences are going to be feeling the same way. Um, hey, just before I ask you a question about the layers and the intentionality behind that, I also loved the fact that the bride price for Kojo's wife included a sewing machine and a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> that was we had a lot of fun we had a lot of fun with listing those things um I you know bet you, why, I bet you did we, we, we did um the, the interesting thing is you know, of course that sewing machine ends up being yeah kind of a uh something that you know and it, it's so difficult to talk about the film without giving it it's away but, to, it, but, it's always but i but i hope we've <laughs> i hope we planted enough seeds dropped enough pebbles absolutely. in the pond here for people to say you know absolutely. what we i gotta see this film hey tell absolutely. tell me about just as we wrap up here tell me about your intention as an artist, the continuum again, truthful moments. I mean, how much of that 
you know, obviously there's a script, there's, you know, but there's, there's, there's decisions you make from the directorial chair. There's, 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 there's DOP like decisions that are made in the moment. How much of that layering, you know, this is a film about poverty. It's about trauma. It's about mental health. It's about PTSD and about family and, and, and love and brothers. I mean, the list goes on. I just so love that blitz that there's, you, we could pick any one of those things and talk about it for 35, 40 minutes. Can you can you kind of tell me a little bit about that intentionality uh, and and that collaborative like edge and and also maybe wrap into that? I mean, this is a a film made in Ghana, funded uh, 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 through your channels, uh, and 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 a, and a a black crew as well, I believe. Isn't that right? Yes, yes, yes. It, it was it was it was ninety nine percent local. Um, wow. um The only foreigner was Michael Fernandez. Um, yes, who's Mexican American, uh, but it, it it was you know, and I talked about this a bit, you know, in terms of autonomy. Yes, right. It's it's it, it's very important, especially in the beginning of of trying to form language and trying to form um, that that you're around people who affirm you, right? But but also more importantly, you're you're around people who don't who don't detract just based on what they think is right. Right. And, and I, and I, and I think, I think sometimes it's, you know, you can find allies, you know, who, who are, who out of, I don't know, maybe the word is fear, um, feel like you should be a little bit more standard, um, in, in what you're doing. And, and, and I, one thing that we were very sure about was that this film is going to break as many rules as possible, right? right? And, and 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 that was the beginning of our conversation. And I immediately knew that if I went through the the, the traditional um, path of funding this film, that there'd be no way I'll have that autonomy because it will be an either even if it's an independent studio, right? They would they would they would they would descend on this film and, and, and cut it into pieces in terms of in terms of the intention, right? So for me, that was the first thing, was how do you find the money yourself? And of course, we had a very successful Kickstarter campaign, which I'm super thankful for because it gave us a significant amount of money and the autonomy that, that it came with is, is, sure. is unmatched, right? And then relates to these choices. I mean, I also say, listen, I made this film as a hip-hop artist as well, which is very important because... With hip hop culture, it's sample culture, right? So, so I treated the script and I treated my first cut as the original sample. Mm. The rest of the film was being fed into a drum machine or, or MPC, and 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 what we did was bang bang on these pads until we came up with something reimagined and something new and something fresh. And and that that for me was was a lot more fun to do in terms of the spontaneity because again my grandmother's stories weren't based on script; sure. they were based on spontaneity. She had characters that were thought of in the moment that were very critical and important to where the narrative was going to go in the future. And I needed that spontaneity in making The Barrel of Kojo. So yes, we begun with a script. We begun with storyboards. I think I drew all 600 frames of it. Wow. And, and, and it, it was very detailed. However, when we were done, I regarded all that as just the first step. And the first step is, is getting the original sample together, and now we went to work. So all that turning frames upside down, smoke going backwards, all this stuff that you see in the film is the hip hop in me saying, well, you know, you have to think now as a producer and you have to think now about, you know, you know, what, what elements do you chop up? What elements right. do you loop? What elements do you create this new rhythm with? And, and it was very, I think that I can't separate whatever the film has become from that very important 
um, step or element, which is, you know, the idea that everything can be reimagined and African folk tales are spontaneous and are magical and kind of take up a life of their own. And I needed to submit to that process 100%. Yeah, that's amazing, man. What a beautiful way to wrap this up, too. And by the way, if you're going to be teaching a course in African filmmaking in the near future, I'm I'm your first student. Hundred <laughs> percent, I'm signing up. I would, I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> um, so tell Thank me, you. tell me about the film Blitz. Array is uh, uh, is distributing it. Uh, and by the way, folks, you can learn more about the film Array now. That's a r r a y n o w dot com. Um, going to be released on Netflix in a couple of weeks by the end of March, 2019. Um, where else can people see it? Yes. So the film's available. Um, and we're very, very thankful to have Ava DuVernay, phenomenal filmmaker, made a wrinkle in time, made Selma, um, to be a, to be our distributor, uh, through our race. So amazing, very, man. Very fortunate to have such a, such a voice champion this film. Um, it's going to be on Netflix March 31st. It's also going to be on uh, a video on demand uh, through Vimeo um, for territories that are in Africa, territories that are in South America, and territories that are in Central America and, and, and the EU. So we're super excited to have the film reaching an audience that we believe uh, deserves to see it. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Thank, thanks so much for your time today. We've been talking with Blitz, the ambassador today, about his beautiful and engaging, thoughtful new film, The Burial of, of Kojo. Thank, thanks for your time, Blitz. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.